gonna distract the dog before you go with the recording. You have everything open that you want open? Uh-huh. Okay. You can... Oh, I... You go ahead. So you want me to say I'm Will? No. Because that's what I've written down. Okay. Well, you can say what your name is. Oh, okay. I'm Emma. I'm Will. And this is We Watch Dead People. For the first time in two years. Years. <laughs> it's been years. Um, but it's still, I mean, same basic premise. Yeah. I mean... We watch scary stuff. You make me watch scary stuff, and then we talk about it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, there's been a lot that's changed around the show. Yeah. We, we moved. Yep. Um, we we've, got married. We're married. We got a dog. Well, I was going to say we've had a child. Okay, yes. But the child is a canine. <laughs> yeah. Named Fern. I'm sure you're all aware of her. She's off meandering about somewhere. Yeah, if you're, she, well, I guess if they weren't aware of her, they're aware of her now. Yeah, she she also watches scary movies. She handles them better than Emma usually. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> that's not true. She falls asleep. So if that's handling, then yeah, she yeah. handles them great. Well, so we're eager to get back into the show. We, uh, you know, life has a funny way of getting in the way. So we took this. Extended hiatus, I think, is the polite way of putting it. But sure, you know, we 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 really enjoyed doing it. We want to get back into it. So. Yeah, we're pumped. Like, there's a lot of, I won't say good and bad horror. Mo- I won't say there's a bunch of good horror movies coming out, but there are a lot of horror movies In- coming out. Interesting horror movies. Sure, I think. Is In a- the Midwest, interesting is sometimes an impolite term, though. I mean, I it- kind of meant it in that way. I oh, okay, <laughs> okay, sure. And I think. You know, for our first episode back, we're going to talk about a new movie, mm-hmm. and I think it's a movie that you would use the Midwest interesting to describe. <laughs> would you disagree? Um, no. Okay, that movie is called Malignant. I'm having visions. Dr. Florence Weaver was found brutally murdered in her home this morning. Did you know her? No, but I saw her die. I'm seeing things. I'm seeing murders as they're happening. Hello? He says his name is Gabriel. I think he's someone from my past. Whatever happened to you before you joined our family hurt you in a way that I can't even imagine. Stop saying that. Maddie, who are you talking to? Gabriel. Is he your imaginary friend? Imaginary friend? Imaginary friend? He's the devil. Okay, so Malignant is a horror film from 2021. Yeah, like Friday. Yeah, yes. Really, <laughs> yep, released September 10th this month mm-hmm. of 2021. Um, so, yep, it's just categorized as a horror film. No no frills here. Uh, it's directed by James Wan with the screenplay by Akella Cooper based on an original story by James Akella and then Ingrid Basu, I think. She, she's James Wan's wife. Is she? Yeah. Okay, I was digging through, and really, the only thing I guess I was just looking at her film stuff, but she was she co-starred in the in the Nun, which I uh, didn't see, but is a part of this whole. Well, it's in the Conjuring universe, which James Wan created. I thought that was I thought the Conjuring was based off of a real thing. It is, but then there's been these extended properties oh, like okay. the Nun, the Curse of La Llorona, and oh um, yeah. Uh, the Annabelle movies and okay. the star of this movie, Annabelle Wallace. The only other thing I've seen her in is Annabelle and Annabelle Creation. Was she Annabelle? No, 
she oh. is not the doll. <laughs> well, it would have been but, really funny. you know, James Wan's been around the block. This is his, you know, main mode. He did Saw and then Insidious and then The Conjuring. And he's he's done some forays into blockbuster. Like, he did a Fast and the Furious movie and he <laughs> did Aquaman. And now he's filming Aquaman too. But in between Aquaman, he um, <laughs> decided to do this movie, Malignant. Um, and it's weird. Fern agrees. Weird. Yeah. Um, Well, I, we can, we can get into it, but to me, it just felt like it was, it was weird, but at its core, I thought it was doing the, the shtick that James Wan is really good at doing, which is building up to jump scares like it felt right in his wheelhouse you know like you know how some people criticized and I'm sorry to bring in Wes Anderson and I'm in a podcast (laughs) where you're really trying not to talk about Wes Anderson but you know how some people criticize the Grand Budapest Hotel for being like a little too Wes Anderson yeah where I see it as he has refined his craft and he knows exactly what he's doing and what his style is I think James Wan is doing that with Malignant it's just a style that I don't particularly care for I was gonna ask if you liked it no I I think it's like that style but you know whereas the conjuring is aiming for something more austere and um, old-fashioned Malignant Malignant sort of like aping these uh, giallo Italian 70s style things, but mm. in ser- I mean, in the colors yeah. and some of the yes. camera work, but in service of something like very schlocky. I mean, it is like um, B movie to the max. And yeah. it really didn't, I mean, we can get into why, but I just, it really didn't work for me, maybe up until the last third, because. It felt like it didn't want to commit to the schlockiness until the until the turn uh, toward the end, and um, that's when it worked. But for me, but up until then, it just sort of was weird. Yeah, maybe maybe I was too harsh with saying that. No, right off the bat, I didn't like it. I feel like *Malignant*, like the *Conjuring* movies, have their place, and I don't want to be. Like, well, I mean, The Conjuring is like the biggest horror franchise going right now, and Malignant um, has gotten positive reviews. I mean, there have been people who don't like it, but right. my point is that, that there are lots of people who like them. Right. So I'm, I'm acknowledging that it's not 100% my style or what I really like to get out of a horror movie, but it's pretty mainstream in a way that I think can welcome a lot of people in to enjoying and watching horror movies, right? Like Insidious was the first horror movie I ever saw. Ever? Yep. I was hmm. in the 11th grade. <laughs> wow. Well, I guess one one time at a Halloween sleepover in 6th grade, I watched the one with the TV. Poltergeist. Poltergeist. Yeah. But I, I'm pretty sure I fell asleep. Well, a lot of people are going to see this movie, um... In no small part because it's one of HBO Max's movies that they're putting out on their service for a month. Yeah. At the same time it goes into theaters. So uh, I think a lot of people are going to watch this movie. And because James Wan already has the sort of like, I did The Conjuring and Insidious, which is in the trailer for this movie, that they like knit dropped those. Oh, okay. okay. Um, a lot of people are going to watch it. And I think... I think if they're looking for the jump scares, they'll enjoy it. I think that there's going to be some stuff in here that's going to trip people out, though, because it is, like I've said, sort of too much already. It's a lot weirder than The Conjuring. Mm -hmm. Um, Would you like to sort of talk about the plot a little bit? Oh, man, yeah, You can do the overview, and then we'll we'll let you know when we're going to talk about spoilers. Yeah, you got to jump in and tell me if I'm getting too detailed here, okay? Because there's stuff to unpack, but I kept a notes on my phone while I watched it, so it's intermingled with, like, plot points, but then also my feelings. Okay. So I'm going to try and skip over my feelings for right now, okay? Come back to them. Okay. So there's basically an opening sequence that right away looks like... I mean, you said it's supposed to be 
Italian horror homage kind of thing. That's kind of what he's going for. Okay, well, it looks like the Adams family met Gotham City as we zoom up on this research hospital called Simeon. And there's like lightning in the background, whatever. I don't mean to cut you off. Maybe we should, is there like a two line synopsis (sighs) we could give to somebody who doesn't want to? Fine. Yes, fine. I won't call off my notes. Um, There's a woman, Maddie, who uh, loses her husband and the child she is impregnated with during what is categorized as a home invasion. And then she begins seeing murders happen. Like in visions. Yes. She's having visions. Yeah. Okay. But then it turns out. Wait, I want line two. Turns out. No. They're real. Oh, okay. I was... I was worried where you were going to go with that. So, yeah, I mean, that's if you're interested in watching the movie now, now is probably the time to just go do that. Yeah, because we'll have spoilers from here on out. Yeah. Starting with, can okay. I get back yeah, to the back, facade go, go, of go this back building? Into your Gotham City I castle. can't. I felt so annoying watching this film and taking notes because all I was thinking about was that I went to a theater high school and like the like setting and characteristics of people and the places in this movie were so underdone or or forced to me. We start with this like incredibly cheesy kind of um outside of a research hospital and it is legitimately at the top of a hill and there's like lightning and then we go in and the doctor is making videotapes uh like detailing her patients which does not happen but i know i have to set that aside i i think and this is gonna be a recurring problem for me throughout the movie is that yeah that like castle thing it like almost indicates that they're self-aware of that this is gonna be kind of cheesy Mm mm-hmm but then the movie oscillates between that cheesiness and like we want to be serious. This is about this this um, sort of traumatic topic, or yeah. we're in this serious setting. And mm-hmm. there's something about the way that they flip flop between those that never clicked with me. It um, because it never makes a full choice until, up until, uh, until the until the end. Yeah, and then yeah. and then it commits. So anyways, yeah, but I, that that's what was hard for me, and you can see it. I mean, you can't see it, but I can see it peppered throughout my notes. Where there's somewhere I'm like, oh, I'm being too. I'm being too harsh. Like, I need to get into the cheesy campiness of this and enjoy it for what it is. But then all of a sudden, something would happen that I was like, I don't know if I'm supposed to enjoy that for cheesy camp because it doesn't feel that way for me. No, and James Wan's directorial style is such that it just, like... it's He's a guy who's never really worked for me. Like, Saw is my favorite movie of his, and... Even so, it works because the story is interesting to me. The way he directed the movie is like very of the time, which is 2003. And I said to Mm. you at some point watching this movie Mm -hmm. that it felt like it looked like a movie from 2003, just with like really bad digital photography. Holy... So, anyways, I'm sorry. No, it's okay, but she's talking, the doctor, in this research facility, hospital, on the hill, in the middle of the night, is making a tape that is basically just a bunch of exhibition about how Gabriel... Exposition. Exposition. I wrote exhibition in my (laughs) notes. That's fine. (laughs) Whatever. How Gabriel, we don't know who he is yet, but that he's getting more violent. And then another doctor breaks in and is like, oh, quick, he's escaped or something, whatever. And then... And then there's like a chase through the hospital and it's a completely different feel like already right away, two minutes into the movie, I felt a jerk because there was like, you know, you go up, the camera pulls you up to the hospital and then it's her and it's got like a filter, like a home video filter on her as she's talking to the camera. And then the guy bursts in, interrupts her tape and then boom, all of a sudden we're with them like in a normal cinematic way in the hallway walking down to meet Gabriel. Like it was just like, what you know and then we meet him we don't really get to see him we see him he how many people does he kill like four or five in that opening scene yeah i yeah i i think my objections are less with that like sort of 
between the styles, but it would go more to the fact that like you start out in the schlocky, schlocky way, mm-hmm. as I've said so many times, and then it it just like you're supposed to suddenly feel some sort of drama, and the drama. The drama isn't there for me. It does not click. Yeah. I might be jumping ahead just a bit. I don't know. So you go down to the basement. He's killed four or five people. He kills the security guard that is with the doctor who's trying to shoot like a dart into him. And so the doctor has to, she has to take the gun and shoot it through the doorway and whatever. And there are bodies all around and a bunch of blood. And she's like, oh, chain them up. And so they like t- or tie him to the chair, whatever. They yeah. tie him to a chair, and she's like, "Time to cut out the cancer." And then, boom, it's credits. And at that point, I was like, "Oh, that's interesting. It's not quite what I read in the description. You know, the little two-liner that shows up on HBO Max before you hit play." I was like, "That's not anything about what was on there, but like, that's there's interesting stuff because there were there were some hints at what Gabriel was. Like, you see him." but from behind a sheet and he's clearly a creature-esque thing and then you hear like a disembodied kind of voice through the radio and she's like it speaks it can broadcast its thoughts oh yeah is what the other Um, doctor says to her which when i hear a disembodied voice on the radio i'm like no so as the movie goes on it's revealed that gabriel has some particular powers but they're they're yada yada pretty pretty hard so hard and you know, I think, to your point, I had seen the trailer, but you had not, correct? Nope. I don't okay. watch trailers. Okay. I love watching trailers, to my to my own detriment, often. Um, the trailer gives away a big part of the movie in the sense that, and again, if you haven't watched the movie and you don't want spoilers, now's your time to check out, okay? Okay. Um, in the trailer, they have a thing about how Gabriel is the lead character, Madison, who Emma will get to in a moment, mm. is like her imaginary friend, and he's killing people. You know, they bring that up in the movie like two-thirds of the way through the movie. Yeah, you, which, I remember that happening. You were like, that was the clip from at, the trailer. I was at, like, that was? At, at that point, we have well established that he is not an imaginary friend. Yeah. And I mean, I guess they kind of make you think for a minute maybe it is all in her head not for me which, i was not convinced which you know all in her head a little bit oh, okay. <laughs> a little bit as okay. we'll get to but in the traditional sense um no not the case no. and so it's just uh I, I found it curious that they would sort of focus the marketing on that when it's pretty much eliminated in the opening scene that he is not imaginary but yeah we see him from behind a, a curtain but the curtain is like that kind of see-throughy you like know a, of like a shower yeah you can't make it out clearly yeah so. not clear but it's enough to know that we thought it looked creature-esque mm. more than human but then boom credits happen and we are in this home with this woman coming coming home from work she's pregnant and distressed and her husband right away is an archetype like she comes in she's in pain big, big asshole yeah but like every, he's watching mma he's, he's yeah he's watching douche. mma on the bed as she comes in she's in distress and he's in, like well maybe you pain, shouldn't right? be working if you're pregnant it's like oh my goodness you're not very compassionate and then she turns off the tv babe, babe like, i was watching that yeah exactly <laughs> and i have i have written out i said the guy is a stereotype which is why i think he's gonna die bingo he does except i have to say he probably died a little sooner than I thought he would. Usually they kind of tease that out if they're that close to somebody, but no, homie's the first one to go. Well, I mean, close to each other in the sense that they're married, but she gets home, they have an argument about the MMA fight or turning off of the MMA fight. It's like revealed in the fight that she has had several miscarriages. Which he like blames her he for. He blames her for, which I was just like, oh, icky, is that going to be like... Is this going to be, you lean, what did you lean over and say to me? You were like, oh, is this really going to be about like undealt with trauma? And I was like, oh, maybe like. Well, to be fair, I mean, maybe this is a little mean, 
makes me sound like a dass, but I, oh. I, what I more precisely said was mockingly, is this going to be another horror movie about trauma? Because that's like kind of the go-to thing right now. Is oh, to I, make- I took it and I was like, interesting, because, you know, Midsummer is my favorite. Midsommar, excuse me. I, I know, but like that's sort of, it's almost become overdone at this point. There have been so many of them to be about Mm. trauma and that's how they're marketed Mm -hmm. and i will say this movie it's kind of like that but it kind of goes in a different direction so yeah so then obviously he throws her obviously sorry he throws her against a wall she hits her head he runs downstairs to get her ice as she's bleeding from a head wound and in like a disoriented state she gets up locks her bedroom door whatever so he's locked out and sleeps on the couch that night wakes up in the middle of the night and then it becomes very kind of classic ghost haunting kind of shit i mean it's not a ghost haunting but There's like a blender that's running the fridge swings open yeah the TV, there is one good scare in there yeah that was good um which is as he's sort of cycling around the house the tv flicks on and he comes in and he sees a shape of a, a person sitting yeah. in front of the tv watch like flipping through the channels and then he goes to turn on the lights and as soon as the lights come on the, they're gone yeah, except for, you know what I just realized? Do you remember that shot right after that of the couch has been like pressed down like someone's sitting on it at, oh, yeah. when he's turned on the light and then we see it like unpress. Am I using the right word? Yeah, yeah, like, like, clearly, like you can see somebody get like an invisible force coming off the couch. Which is more, okay, it ends up being gabriel and gabriel is like i mean we don't learn this at this point but i'm telling you it's gabriel it is this like creature that moves really weird has hair over its face and basically like pops up is on the ceiling and twists this guy's head right around but i'm gonna you know this is again the yada yada a lot of what gabriel can do and i would say that this is another place where they do that because it, it it comes to pass toward the end of the movie. You start to learn more about Gabriel. And I, the invisibility thing that he's doing there, like, r- very unclear. Well, I and I defended at the end of the movie. I was like, no, 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 it's not an invisibility thing. He's just been really fast before, you know, because there's been a lot of, like, flickering lights. Like, a light is off and you can see his silhouette, but then someone turns the light on or the light just comes back on and he's gone. And I was like, no, 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 he's just fast. But I forgot about that couch thing. I had too. And that's, that would directly point to invisibility, it right? Is, it does. And there's not a lot to back up why that, what that is about. But anyways, yeah. So the husband gets his neck snapped. The woman sees it. She's Well, she comes down and sees it. Yeah, and she's traumatized and then gets chased by... Gabriel. Oh my. Okay. Well, they come. That back. one can be explained. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she is thrown on the ground, hits her head, wakes up in the hospital. She's lost the baby. She's lost the baby. So now it's her fourth myth. Miss. Miss. Did they say oh. it's her fourth? Well, she had had three before that. Oh, I didn't remember a number. They oh. were just like a lot. Um. Yeah. So that would have been her fourth miscarriage. And how they see it is like she wakes up and her sister is in the hospital with her. And it's like comforting her and whatever. And all of a sudden she looks down at her stomach and it's just completely flat. Where where a six to seven month bump would have been. And I had an issue with that. And you were like, it's a movie. Get over it. But even right after you give birth, you are not, you don't just have a flat stomach. It doesn't just go away. But they had to give you a visual cue so that you knew without them saying anything so that they could just cry. It was show, don't tell. It was, you know, it's a movie. It's not, not where I have problems. Where I start to have problems (laughs) is... The more you see of Gabriel, when he's like a specter in the shadows, he is um, not uber compelling, but is frightening. Mm. But mm-hmm. but Madison, upon returning home, starts to have these visions in her sleep where a woman is kidnapped, um, and then a woman who, as it turns out, is the doctor from, from the, the beginning, beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Madison sees her being murdered by Gabriel. And this using, isn't like... Using a very... Um, in an establishing shot of the doctor's new office, she has a excellence in surgery trophy 
which is basically just a huge sword. Well, it's the, the <laughs> medical. What medical symbol is that? With I really think it's going around. Yeah, but yeah. usually in medicine, it's a staff with a snake going yeah. around it, and this one is a sword. Maybe because it's surgery, but like I, I said to you, I was like, she's gonna get killed with that, and sure I know. Enough. Well, because <laughs> in the panning around of her office, they really hold on that, <laughs> which is, you know, I understand if you're again if you're aiming for schlock, that's cool. But stuff like that, in my opinion, sucks. Don't <laughs> telegraph stuff like that. It's so boring. But this is where I think that the the movies that James Wan make have have a good case for being somebody's intro to horror. Because if you're not aware or don't watch a lot of the genre, like... You might know if you're just generally someone who watches a lot of movies or you're getting into that, like, oh, there's a visual cue here. Like, we're really holding on this. Maybe it'll become important later. And I think it's only because you've watched so many that seeing something like that is like, okay. And even I felt that way, too. I was like, okay, it just becomes expected, which takes which takes away the scare for me, honestly. Well, and there's something to suspense, like, you know... It's the thing people quote ad nauseum, but it's the Hitchcock thing where two people are at a table talking and the camera would then show you that there's a bomb under the table and you know the bomb's there and they don't. Mm -hmm. That's suspense. Mm -hmm. If they're just sitting at the table and then it explodes, I mean, that's a jump, you know? Yeah. Um, So you, I guess in that vein, you're shown the sword. So you could argue that that's... Like, you know it's going to come into play like that, but it's not the same. Yeah, it's not quite the same because just seeing a trophy doesn't pose an imminent threat, even if it is literally a sword. It's more like showing the audience, this is here. So when it shows up in a minute... Remember it. When it shows up in a minute or two, you know where it came from. Don't forget it. Yeah. It's sharp. So as... She, Madison starts seeing more and more. Well. Except for here's here's the distinction between like when the woman, when she sees the woman get kidnapped, who's like a tour guide for underground catacombs in Seattle. She might not even see that, by the way. I'm trying to remember. I, I think she does because I think the next shot is her waking up and being afraid, but I could also be wrong. Okay. But either way, the point is, is that when she sees that, if she does, she's sleeping or perceives herself to be sleeping, right? Wakes up in a bed. With seeing the doctor get killed, she's like walking with a basket of laundry that's incredibly empty, Mind you, there are like three pieces of clothing in that basket, but I guess she lives alone now, right? Right. All of a sudden, she like drops the basket, drops to the floor, and is like, oh, I can't move. Well, she does get startled because she has a vision of the doctor through the door mm, of the washing machine. mm -hmm. And gets like knocked down to the ground. But then she says It's a different kind of vision. Yeah, she's like, she hasn't been asleep. She's not dreaming or anything. And all of a sudden, the world around her like changes does very and i will say this is very 2003 like the walls bubble and then they they bubble back and it's some other kind of room it's like a harry potter kind of thing that yeah. happens quite a few times there <laughs> but you know that so this is this is where the movie sits for the second act is she keeps seeing and because of this she keeps seeing murders and she she thinks she also thinks that she sees the the shape or the person that she saw the night that her husband got murdered outside of her house so she locks her whole house down right really classic she's puts in deadbolts and all of that all of that good stuff and so then when her sister comes over to try and check on her she has to like climb through a window and that's another small little jump scare for for Madison but then in this conversation that she has with her sister as they're talking about like it goes back to the trauma thing right they're talking about like all her miscarriages and how she just wanted something that was like blood related to her and I was like what a weird thing to say and you were like oh she's adopted and then she does she's like and her sister's like I don't understand why would you want something blood related what about us and she's like I'm adopted and then there's just an insane music cue yeah it's like like some sort of huge revelation which then as they continue to talk about her being adopted throughout the movie um it almost seems like her sister knew the whole time um but it was at that point also that I, so I got the adopted thing. And then, mm-hmm. it, and then as soon as they revealed that was true, I picked up on what the other thing was going to be. 
mm-hmm. at least in part. Um, yeah. Which is, that, which is that, and again, spoilers, Gabriel is Madison's brother. Yeah, you were and like, oh, okay. I like It was almost <laughs> self-evidently obvious at that point. I will say that there is an element to that that I don't know that any person could guess, but yeah. it was, um, well, maybe you could, as uh, I may get into in a moment, because this movie takes a lot of cues from another movie, but... Um, yeah. You know, I just, I, 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 at that point, I wasn't enjoying the style of it. I wasn't enjoying, the story wasn't super compelling, and it it seemed rather obvious. Now, again, you may chalk that up to, I've seen too many movies, which maybe. is very possible. Yeah, maybe. I mean, there was some stuff that I was enjoying at this part. So, like, the cheesiness, like, between her having these murder visions, like, the dialogue felt cheesy to me. The music cues were, like, way overdramatic. It was and, wild. And the plot points felt very obvious, right? That as soon as I hear a character say, like, oh, I wish there was just something, like, I could have something biologically related to me. It was like, oh, okay, you're saying this to your sister, so obviously you're adopted, right? But in the in the murders that we saw... Of the, of the doctor, and then there was another doctor, but he was a man. Like, I thought it almost made up for some of the cheesiness, in part because James Wan does what he does best, which is building up to jump scares, right? Creating some tension, which you... you I thought you said to me that you don't really like jump scares, but you can there get... There are good jump scares, but when they're when the whole movie's reliant upon them um Mm -hmm. then they're cheap i don't know i and i don't find them very i mean and if you're somebody like me that's seen too many of these you can probably guess quite a few of them yeah but then even when they get you which there are a few in this movie that got me i mean it's like a half second of fright and then it's over yeah. And I don't, I, I prefer something that sort of sits with you a little bit more. Okay. Which see, is maybe why James Wan movies haven't worked for me. I mean, I, I don't think that this will ever be a movie that I go back and rewatch. I don't think I will ever see this movie again unless I, I don't know. But I would never choose to watch this movie again. It's not a horror movie that I would return to. But in the watching of it, I do see some of the enjoyment, right? It feels very much like a roller coaster in the sense that you can see up ahead what's coming but the drops still kind of get you in your stomach and so i have written down i said um this is just amusing from where we started with this show (laughs) and where you are now well i'm not saying that i'm not like covering my eyes and like cursing you while this is happening but i'm also enjoying it okay i wrote down like some of the cheesiness i think is made up for with with some good tension build up and and jump scares where it lost me completely was in the murder of the first doctor who you see in the in the beginning clip and then her like assistant doctor unclear their relation but you see him walking down the hall with her in that intro as well um is that their murders look like absolute trash and lo- again it, it looks like, like shit again it looks like mid 2000s like platinum dunes horror movie i mean i wasn't watching a lot of horror movies in the early 2000s um but it so i don't did they really look so garbage because it's not that they looked bad but in some way maybe it's the nostalgia goggles they look fun like they're kind of fun to me now but they objectively they looked pretty bad this, okay. This this movie just yeah. In twenty twenty one, it should not look like this. I know we can't all be midsummer smashing an old fa- uh, old person's face with a hammer, just crushed. But it was like the blood that was coming out of these faces was so clearly CGI and looked like the drippings off of the Goosebumps logo. Use, use, use practical blood, people. Yeah. CGI blood, cheap, lame. Cheap weird looking again yeah. you you know the you, goosebumps label well that's yeah, Wait, yeah. That, that's yeah, all yeah, drippy yeah, yeah it was like that but uh with whatever but the thing is is that like people like to use cgi to like fill in gaps or sometimes they go overboard of course but the thing is is that unless it is really subtle 
the human eye can always pick up the difference. Mm -hmm. And there is something about the CGI blood in movies, mm -hmm. and in this one in particular, that just looks so bad. Yeah. And it it does. It just takes you right out of it. And I, and it seems was... like such a it seems like such a nitpick, but it it really does just sort of cut down on the viscera of the movie. It, like, no, it's it's a total breakdown because again, I, I know you weren't enjoying the you don't like the the predictable jump scares as much, but for me, it's kind of like, oh, okay, I know that it's gonna follow this formula and I'm kind of excited to be like a little bit scared right and then boom the part that's supposed to be like the freakiest right the actual killing I was like what the what the what the fuck is that yeah why is it all goop <laughs> why is it bad digital goop yeah but at any and rate furthermore, oh, it was entangled with me not understanding more of the yada yadaing of Gabriel's intentions because the the first person that we see him kill in in the in the sequence that's in present day not in the you know in the past sequence but is her husband so i right away was like oh is there a moral cuz then he doesn't kill her right so i'm like is there a moral complexity to him like does he you know is he really defending her or looking out for her in a really weird kind of way or the doctor like you, she clearly is running some kind of like child surgery facility that might be a little sus or at least visually is a little sus, right? So is he actually taking down people that at their core are bad, but it's like conflicted with a lot of other stuff in the sense that you don't, you don't know the woman that he kidnaps. You don't know why he's kidnapped her. Like it, it was just jumbled. Well, there is an element of mystery to why he did these things, which... Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but... I mean, why he's killing the doctors is obvious, it would seem. Um, but why he kidnapped this one woman is a part of the mystery, which, you know, is tough. They, they drag out, so we go through the murders and everything, and... Madison seeing them and people aren't believing her and except for the detectives don't believe her but well, the they write away the one detective the one female them... detective doesn't really believe her but the male detective seems sympathetic to her but the female detective was the one that after the second doctor oh no after the first doctor was killed and they had gone and seen the crime scene of her husband killed they were like oh these are linked. She was like, these are similar. This is a consistent, like this is consistent in the way that he was killed. And it was like, he had his neck snapped to the side and this doctor lady is stabbed in the face. Like, how are these consistent? It's a little nitpicky, but I think what it's, the female detective says after the first one that the Madison had motive because she was abused. At the second crime scene, which is the doctor, the male detective says that there's a link in the brutality of the crime. Oh, okay. Which is a very vague link. Yeah, I agree. But at any rate, we sort of go through these things. We learn there, there's some other revelations. You learn that Madison was also at the hospital um, from the beginning of the movie. That's yep. where she was before she yep. was adopted. And again, I was like, they're related. I knew it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Madison's ad, uh, adopted sister, what's her name, Sydney? I actually have no idea. I think it was Sydney, but okay. um, we'll call her Sydney. Um, she drives on up to the, to the research hospital. Sort of parallel to this, Madison has been... Oh, I did... I'm sorry, I did skip something. What? The imprisoned woman who oh. Gabriel imprisoned escapes from her bindings oh but then God. crashes through the floor and it's revealed that she has been the in the attic of madison's house and she happens to crash through the ceiling well a psychotherapist and the detectives are there talking to madison trying to unlock her memories of gabriel the psychotherapist whose name i do remember <laughs> Unlike I looked it up, Sydney is Sydney is the sister's name. But all I remembered was the psychotherapist name because her name is Beverly. Because when they're doing that whole like she's seeing her childhood again, she's freaking out, and then her sister Sydney, right, is like, "Get her out of it! Get her out of it!" Oh, yeah, and the and the detective her. or the detective, the hypnotherapist goes over and just starts shaking her too, and the detective goes, "Beverly, get her out of there!" But it's like, isn't the 
basic understanding of psychotherapy in every single movie ever that there's some kind of like, when I clap or snap or say the word peanuts or something. I was like, Beverly, what are you doing? So I remember her name. Anyways. Anyway, then the 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 lady comes crashing through the floor and she's been in the attic the whole time. So Madison gets arrested for kidnapping, suspected kidnapping. And then they find all of Gabriel's stuff like that surgery trophy sword and his cloak. Yeah, he wears a cloak and, and all that stuff. Gloves. So she's been arrested. Sydney goes up to the Simeon Research Hospital to try and find evidence to absolve her somehow. Oh my God. And she comes back with a tape, tapes. Tapes. In which um, the first one is just Madison, whose birth name is Emily, talking about gabriel's make like whispering and making her do things Mm -hmm. but then the second tape which says emily and gabriel it's revealed that gabriel is not just her brother but is in fact a parasitic twin who is like on her back yeah and is like a teratoma like infecting her brain and they explain why parasitic is different from conjoined do you know in all your years of medical school <laughs> is that a real thing i have no idea okay because um, they i mean they described it and then it's like oh yeah because the movie is called malignant like yeah and we got to cut the cancer out yeah you know, um, which they cancer. reiterate several times but uh, you know as i said to emma when we were watching it sort of there were several revelations in a row where i was like mm-hmm. oh they're just copying brian de palma's sisters which, which i've never seen so you explained yeah. well i mean i won't go too far in depth because it's not a one-for-one facsimile um and people should watch sisters because it's a much better movie than this <laughs> but i mean the same there's similar beats about a conjoined twin and um acting as one and you know there are just a lot of um similarities but Mm -hmm. and this is where this movie did get better for me Mm -hmm. is that parallel to them revealing that gabriel is actually i mean he's not just an imaginary friend but he is literally inside her head yeah we see madison who's in general holding at this prison she is being accosted by other people she like and her one thing we didn't mention is that every time she has a vision that head wound that she got at the beginning of the movie opens yeah, back it, up and she starts like, bleeding. Her smashed up against a wall. And so she, her head starts bleeding as these people are accosting her. And she takes her hands and like literally peels the back of her like head open. Yeah. And so Gabriel's like demonic little face comes out. And he's like, you know. Yeah, because that's where they had been connected, right? Yeah. Conjoined was at the head. In the brain. And, and then his body was very small and... Yeah. Very so, like E.T.-ish almost. Yeah. So it's at that point that we then see why Gabriel has moved so strangely because it's really just Madison or Emily moving sort of in reverse. Like yeah, Gab- backwards. Yeah, like Gabriel is... Back her head. Yeah, Gabriel is in control, but he's using her limbs in reverse. And she... Which was like interesting from a physical pretty cool. acting perspective. It was pretty cool. And... That's my favorite scene in the movie, honestly. Gabriel just goes yeah, it was his absolutely, reveal. yeah, the reveal and then him going crazy in that jail cell, just ripping people apart. That was pretty cool. But that's sort of what I mean. That is so over the top and bizarre and strange. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't really comport with a lot of the other stuff in the movie. No, um, but it was fun. No, super fun. And if the I rest was, of the movie had been like that, I'm like, oh shit. And, you know, so then from there, there's probably... But there's, of course, we have to jumble it all with like, she just wants a baby and her sister is flirting with the detective and they have her, the sister well, and the, the adopted the mom have so many home videos of her just acting strangely as a child, hearing voices, whatever. I'm just saying, I know it's early in the movie, but I'm saying that like they could have been doing that, her walking backwards, fighting, yeah. killing a bunch of people, which was like cool versus all this like muddled kind of, wasn't well, necessary. But then, but then you find out that the woman that had been imprisoned in her attic and is now in the hospital is in fact her and Gabriel's birth mother. Who was and, 15 at the time of her birth, yeah, which is why... And, but it just... It becomes clear at that point that um, they've just withheld a lot of information. That there's 
there's a lot of withholding purposefully from the audience. People using mm-hmm. the pronoun game, just being like, he, he oh, did no, the, he's, yeah, yeah. yeah. And stuff, I mean, probably not articulating it super well, but if you watch the movie, you will see what I mean. They've yeah, you'll just see pro- the they've, shift they've where withheld, it's like, we all know who you're talking about. Yeah, but, but you could have learned so much more quickly. I'm picking a nit. I mean, again, this is still just a movie. But as we then just barrel toward the climax, we, you know, it it concludes with Madison. Madison has been tricked by Gabriel's hallucinations throughout the movie. Yeah. She sees stuff. Yeah, because they share a brain. He's making her think that she sees that she's just watching everything happen. So as Gabriel's about to kill her adopted sister and her birth mother, she turns the tables, makes him hallucinate, and then there's a scene in sort of like a... Sorry, I'm sorry to cut you off. Do you remember why? Do you remember why she's able to like turn the tables on him? Is because her adopted sister, Sydney, like calls out as she's about to be murdered. She's like, he's the reason you keep... Um, having like miscarrying, he's feeding off your fetuses yeah. for strength, and she's like, oh, and then she gets the like power yeah. to to then like trick him and show him a hallucination instead. And then they have a scene like sort of in the sunken place from Get Out, where she like tells him that I'm in control now, and you can't you can't control me, and she puts him. Not just in a metaphor, I mean, it is a metaphorical mental prison, but like visually embodied by a literal prison that she like locks him in and he's like, oh, get out of here. And then. And then her and Sydney like have like a sisterly bonding moment on the floor of the police station because, right, Madison. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. But whatever it is, totally ignoring the fact that Gabriel, to get to the hospital, had to go through that holding cell where he killed all the other women in that holding cell, then had to go through the police station. Killed like every killed police officer every, in Seattle. In a very video game-esque sequence that looked yeah, that like was a, a little, bad that was, that was a little less cool it than the one in the video. It wasn't as cool as the holding cell. And then goes through the hospital, also killing a bunch of people. So her, Sydney and Madison are like holding each other in the hospital, being like, Oh, sisterly, and I defeated him. It's so great. And it's like, you're not going to remember that like 70, at least 70 people just died. Like, But I mean, again, it goes to what I was saying, which is that they try to then at the end, after the big schlocky third act, they try to tie it back around to this is really about Madison overcoming her trauma and being in control, you know, putting putting her trauma in its place and taking back the reins. And again, it doesn't comport with what that third act is like. Mm-mm. And it's also executed in a really ham-fisted way. It just, it almost made me, um, it almost made me chuckle. Like, just how <laughs> absurd it was. Yeah, because the last kind of thing is a pull-away shot of her the sister's hugging but then there's a light that's right there and the light bulb is kind of buzzing which earlier in the film had been a symbol that that gabriel was nearby so it was like okay yeah it just but we had just seen her put him in a mental prison well but it reminded me a lot of the babadook which is again a better movie um but like she takes control of that physical manifestation of her grief mm-hmm. and locks it in the basement. Mm-hmm. So it's still there, but you know. She's got it under control. Exactly. So, I mean, I guess this leaves it open-ended for a sequel. Which, I don't want a sequel. Well, neither do I, but I mean, that's what wh- James Wan does. But the whole cool review, it's not just that I don't want to want a sequel because I didn't love this movie and again I have mixed feelings there were some things I genuinely enjoyed but what I enjoyed most was the reveal that he's literally in her head and the pulling back of her skull and now her walking backwards him putting on a coat and kind of covering up her face and revealing his little slimy one (laughs) slimy brain face Mm -hmm. and walking around killing people like that reveal was was fun and enjoyable and where do you have to go from there because they're like where do you have to go well that's fair but i mean james wan has directed a number of movies and he directed two in the year 2007 
that have not been franchised. Every other movie he's directed has been franchised. Oh, wow. So Saw, Insidious, The Conjuring, and then he did Fast and the Furious and Aquaman, both of which are part of franchises. So franchises in this man's blood. Yeah, so, man loves um, it. Malignant might be following up. But okay. what would... what if? Uh, on a scale of five surgery swords. Oh my god! <laughs> what would you What would you give this? Do movie? we want more surgery? You want to like it would them be like stars. If it was a really good movie, it got five surgery swords. Two. Yeah, I would do the same. Oh. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. a two for me as well. Mm, I just like we're agreeing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, for our first movie back, I have to admit it was a little underwhelming for me, but you know, it wasn't like, wow, go watch this movie. Yeah. Hopefully we'll have one of those soon, but yeah, it just did. Um, it was fine. It wasn't horrible. I I was entertained, but it wasn't decent tension build up, some good jump scares, but it didn't, it didn't have anything for me to chew on. And I thought a lot of the stuff and it was kind of cheap. I mean, entertaining, but cheap. So, which yeah. is pretty much sums up the James Wan experience for me. Like yeah. The Conjuring, which is probably his most acclaimed movie at this point, mm-hmm. I would describe the same way. Yeah. It's like, Did we actually do an episode on The no, Conjuring? No, we didn't. Okay, but we have watched it, and yeah. I was, I was like, people love this. Yeah. My, okay. My favorite is still Saw, which I think is, I mean, it's got a reputation to be sure, um, and I would say somewhat unjust reputation, but the whatever. It's a clever movie. It's not the Saw episode. But, but he did, I know, but he did that movie with uh, Lee one l who went on to do The Invisible Man, mm-hmm. which is a really good movie. Yeah, we like so The Invisible I wonder, Man. So I wonder how much of that was Lee one l But at any rate, that's malignant. That's, ma- that's malignant. Two surgery swords out of five. Yeah. So, um, well, this is fun. I really enjoy doing this again. Yeah, this is good. Yeah, yeah. Dust so, off the old bicycle and yeah. ride around the block. Yeah, exactly. So we don't know exactly what we'll be doing next week, but we'll be back with a new episode. And in the meantime, maybe you'll get to check out Malignant. You can let us know what you think. Um, we're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. Um, and then if you would do us the courtesy, the the friendly thing of following us on your podcast app of choice. We like Spotify, mm-hmm. um, so if you follow us, on, and it's also easy to track those numbers on Spotify, which oh is really gosh. nice to us. So um, yeah, go ahead and follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever, and if you can rate, that's also cool. So, yeah. Um, but thank you for listening. Thanks yeah, thank for sticking so with much. it. And we'll be back next week. Yeah. Thanks for listening to We Watch Dead People, guys. Woohoo.